Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. Steve, how did you get into this music? Like, how'd you get into hardcore? So what happened was, um, I went to a private school in Costa Mesa called St. John the Baptist. And there I met a guy named Sterling Wilson. Okay, Sterling and I became friends. Sterling actually ended up playing bass for um, No Court Answer. He played in Reason to Believe. Um, and then was part of the scene for a while, uh, doing different things, but kind of got out of hardcore, it seemed like. I lost you know, contact with him uh, in the 90s, I think. And um, But he was really into punk. And he would, at school, like after, after elementary school, I went to a private school. We lost each other. And then I came back and went to Costa Mesa High. He was there. He was a year older than I was. And um, I knew nobody. And when I saw him, I was like, hey, so we kind of connected. And he played music for me. And I was like, man, this is, this is different. This is cool. And back then, I was like into Depeche Mode and like kind of, which I still love. Um, but it was just so different, you know. And he played me like Agnostic Front. And he played me the Pro Max. And I was like, man, this is this is awesome. Like, this is something totally different. And, uh, you know, and I really got into it. And then he played bass and he lived down the street from me. And I remember one day going over and he was like, um, I was really getting into it. He was making me tapes and stuff. And, um, I wanted to learn how to play bass. So he gave me an acoustic guitar that had like four strings on it. And he showed me like a basic, like one, two, three, four on the frets. And he goes, just do this every day. Just watch TV. Don't worry about what you're playing. Just do this. And you'll eventually be able to work it up and down the neck. And um, I did that for like, you know, God, I don't know, like six months before I bought a bass. But like I fell in love with that. I I, I blame him for <laughs> him and a guy named Eric Wood who played in a band called Pillsbury Hardcore and PHC uh, for me wanting to play bass. And actually, I just uh, reconnected with Eric recently, which was kind of cool um on instagram but um yeah so and it was him he took me to my first show which was the exploited um blast which i love till still to this day um uh who else played i want to say vd played um god who else i don't remember who else but it was a fender's ballroom up in long beach and i was like blown away like i i completely blown away what year then, was uh, that? Also, what what year would you? God, I want to. I wasn't driving yet, so it had to have been like eighty five, maybe, maybe eighty five, somewhere around there. And what was it like being? And, a, um, I'm saying, as a guy that's not driving, I mean, you're you're a young kid. I mean, and I know that you have kids yeah. now. Like, what? Yeah. What What was that like? Being in that energy, being in that at at the time. It was great. It was it it, it was scary. Like it was totally scary because like. I think the SOS guys ran security, 
So those guys were super intimidating. And me being this kid from Orange County, it was a different vibe. It was Long Beach. And I was like, what am I doing here? At the time, my parents didn't know I was there. And um, it was just different, man. But it was exciting. And, and it was like something different. And the music was just crazy. And I, I don't know. It, was, it really changed my life. And then um, really got into music. Like, I was always into music. Like, my sister was four years older than I was. So she was really into music and still is and still part of, like, a different scene. But um, she would always turn me on to new music. And it was more like new wave stuff or whatever. And then once I found hardcore, it was my way to kind of branch out and, like, you know, into punk rock. Um, and then Strong graduated. And his neighbor was went to Mesa. And he was my age. So we started a band and covers and you know we were horrible i didn't know what i was doing i bought my bass and i bought a distortion pedal with it because eric from phc played with distortion i was like well i gotta play with distortion and um i just terrified like just just my neighbors hated me and like you know so we were practicing in this kid's garage and it was fun but then eventually it stopped because we were just too loud so we had to go to this place in uh anaheim called Stompbox. i don't know if you remember that yeah it was right next to a place called Banff west yeah. Stompbox was like the cheap version of it yeah and because um, Downer practiced so, at Bam West, right? Like, didn't you? Right, right. We okay. practiced. We had a lockout there because I was, yeah. But um, in between all that, Sterling got me also a job at where he worked, and that's how I met John Bruce and Rick Reno because Sterling worked with John and Rick. So Ingram Micro opened up. More. No, it was a place called Best Products in Santa Ana, like right off of. Um, Dyer, Seagrestrom, and Bristol. This is the original like best products. Product. Like, not Best Buy, yeah, but the like... Original best. With the big best. No, no. Right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we all worked there. And then that's how I met John, and John was in Half Off. This was before Haywire. And um, and then I was doing that band, which never did anything. It was like my first real band. Kind of got a deal, but we never played any shows. And we would practice at Stompbox, and then the guys in Half Off would come see us, and like, hey, you guys sound good, or whatever. You know, give us encouragement, or whatever. And then, um, God, after that, I want to say, I think Sterling graduated, went to OCC, and I would leave OCC at lunch and go to, or leave Costa Mesa High and walk across the street and go to OCC, and then I met the Goodsons, and the Goodsons were like the key to like hardcore, they knew everybody. So I started hanging out with them, and they would introduce me, and I met like Dan, and I met like everybody, like, you know what I mean? Um, and then from then they were always going to shows, so I always knew where the shows were. And we would either go with them or we'd show up, and and it was just I just fell into that community and that scene, and it was just cool. It was a, it was a great vibe. Everyone got along. Everybody knew each other. It was never I never really remember ever having a bad time, or you know what I mean. Like it was just fun, and we got in trouble and did some crazy stuff, but it was just a fun time. But it all started with Sterling Wilson, aka mm -hmm. Chud. Now, yeah, and they and, and called Chud as I've as I've heard the story because I think John Bruce had a new pet or something, a cat or a dog, and Sterling's and Sterling and Sterling said you should call that animal Chud, and then John Bruce shot back, we should call you Chud. And then I think that's how that I think, but <laughs> when I should I ever get the pleasure I, of interviewing that version? I, oh well then what version do you know? I want I want it all. I, the only thing I heard was, well, so he's hanging out with like a, a crew of guys from Tustin. I didn't know those guys, but apparently they used to go marching around in the sewers. 
like to get places and back then I don't know what it was and so Chud had come out that movie had come out so obviously cannibal humanistic underground dwellers Don't Be Story might have been true too yeah but yeah okay I actually ran into him about four or five years ago at Ikea down the street from my house and I didn't even recognize him he's like Steve and I was like what and I was like oh my god like it was amazing to see him I hadn't seen him in years you know what I mean and the weirdest places of all to run into him was Ikea so (laughs) So then, was Freebase your first, like, real band yeah. kind of thing? Now, were you in PHC? Yeah, yeah, that was the... Or did you just like PHC? No, 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 no. No, I absolutely... When I heard... There's two, three bands that really stood out to me um, that made a real big impression on me. One was PHC, um, Eric's bass playing on that, and to this day, I don't think Eric plays much anymore. He does more, like, experimental stuff. But his bass playing is just, like, to me, is one of the best bass players ever, like, hands down. Like, he does stuff that's just incredible. So that really was a big part. Another band was, a, um, which I still love, is a band called Infest. Okay. And I think they were from up in, like, Santa Barbara. And they still um, play. The speed they... and just, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. And, and just the ferociousness and just the speed of what they did was, like, like, it, that was it for me. And then another band called Blast yeah. from Santa Cruz and just their heaviness at the time and just what they were doing. Even to this day, like the reissue stuff is still just as good. Like it's, I don't know, that stuff is just fantastic, but that stuff really, and of course everything else, like, you know, no for answer and hard stance and all the orange County stuff was great too. But those are the things to this day that really kind of, I still listen to in heavy rotation. I still listen to the other stuff that's on my playlist, but that's the stuff that really sticks with me, you know? Um, but, um, I got away from your question. I'm oh, no, no, no. Um, well, how did Freebase, how did Freebase form with you and John? So that was out of John. That was John. John, I think, Awar had just broken up. And John and I had been friends. John and I are still friends. I just saw John, like, two weeks ago. He came down. I talked to him, like, once a week. He comes down from Fresno. He's like, yeah, so, um. I need to interview him. They had broken up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I talked about that, and he was he was like, yeah, yeah. Um, sounds like fun. But um, he he had hit me up because we had been working together, and they had broken up, and it wasn't sure what he wanted to do. But he really liked the electronic kind of side of doing like there was a band at the time called Dose, um, which was like a two bass player kind of band thing, and he liked that idea, and then wanted to incorporate in like a sequencer. And, um, and like a keyboard and we can just do this thing. It's two bass players distorted. He'll be like the lead bass player. I would do like kind of a rhythm thing. Um, and we program drums and just kind of write the songs. So he had written all the initial songs. Uh, I didn't even know how to use any of the sequencing or programming stuff at that time. So I came into it. We practiced in the garage a couple of times and then did, did that. And that was fun. That was really fun. It was different, you know, and it wasn't like, Hardcore, it was just kind of is what it was, you know what I mean? Um, and super fun, and um, so like I said, just different. I think now has a big impact on like when I write, like the electronic stuff that I do write or try and incorporate into what I do comes a lot from that and learning that, the fun of learning that process. 